ladies and gentlemen, welcome and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ball Is Not Life podcast. I'm your host, your co-host, and your favorite special guest, Ed Cotner Jr. And we're going to talk a lot about ball and just a little bit about life. Y'all know what time it is, baby. It's game time. Let's go. What's going on? What's good? What's cracking? What's popping? Hi, your mom and them. Y'all know the rest of it. Aunties, uncles, and whoever else may be joining. Listen, I ain't trying to waste no time. I'm trying to get straight to the business of the business. So with that being said, first of all, welcome to another episode of the Ball Is Not Life podcast. Um, I'm your host. I am the host. I'm not your host. I'm my own host. I'm the host of this show. Uh, this pod, man, my name is Ed Cotner Jr. If this is your first time hearing this, you are about to experience someone so cold, man. We back, man. Balls Not Like Podcast. I'm recording live on Facebook. Nobody's watching, but that's okay. Um, There was a lot of chatter earlier today, and I want to carry it on to now. Uh, So... Y'all know me. Y'all know I love the Pacers. I'm going to rock the headband right now and honor the big homie Miles Turner because I don't want him to go anywhere. And um, today was an eventful day for the Pacers. We don't have a lot of those when it comes to national news. Um, The Pacers are so bad that we have a player who's on the COVID protocol list and nobody even picked it up to report the damn story. That's how bad this team is right now. Like, like they're not – we're not even on the COVID radar. Like, COVID protocol – safety radar just went right over indiana like man that'd be all right don't need them anyway um so that's obviously not a joke but whatever uh it's all bad around these parts so today um first let me say that i've been a a a fan of blowing this shit up for a long time um you know i let me again start off by saying i don't have any secret sources I don't know anybody. I do play ball with a guy that works for the Pacers, and I also play ball with the guy who played Jimmy Chitwood. I've said that before. Other than that, I have no sort of source or connection to the team or organization or anything or have any clue what's going on. I just talk my shit based off of what I see, what I feel, what I think is happening, right? So this team has been shitball all season, like, I think they're 10 and 16 or something like that. Um, I've been to about half of the home games, I think, give or take a few. And it just does not look right. Um, As somebody who is a very amateur level basketball player, if you go back and listen to any episode of this pod where I've talked about basketball, you will probably hear me say that the game of basketball does not change across every level. Um, I referee for CYO. And when I ref a fourth grade game, a pick and roll in the fourth grade is the same as a pick and roll in the NBA. The people are just bigger, faster, stronger, and that bump may hurt a little bit more. Timeout pause. My granny is here. What's up, granny? How you doing? I love you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I miss you lots and lots and lots. And always thank you for pulling up. Um, So, yeah. I time back in <laughs> got to show love to granny every time, man. Um, but when I go play ball on Wednesday afternoon, 
if there's a person that happens to be on my team for whatever reason, however it ends up that way, that I don't like, first of all, I'm going to wait a game or make sure that person's not on my team, right? Um, But if that person does happen to be on my team, there's going to be some sort of fracture during the game. I may play and we may get through the game and I might be okay during the game. At the end of the day, if I don't like him, you're going to know it. It's very easy to see. So, for example, Charles comes to the gym as well. When me and Chuck are on the same team, um, it's very easy. The the, chemistry is there. We know each other. We get along. We've hooped together for a long time. We know each other off the court. He knows where I like to be. I know where he likes to be. I encourage him. He encourages me. It works. We're teammates. We're friends. It's different when we're on the same team. Charles can do no wrong when he's on my team because even when he messes up, it's cool, bro. We'll just get it back. Don't worry about it. Yep, you should have been there. It's cool. Whatever, right? Like, that's my guy. Even when it is bad because I know I make mistakes. So even when it's bad, like, it's still not that bad because we know how to fix it. Let me take these glasses off. We know how to fix it. This Pacers team have – they're NBA basketball players. They know how to fix it. They still need a coach. You still need a front office. All of that stuff. Um, <laughs> Cody, you ass. <laughs> I wreck everybody evenly, bro. It's just a video game. I get wrecked. Y'all get wrecked. Everybody gets wrecked. <laughs> Hashtag them's the rules. Um, But these, these guys are professional basketball players. At the same time, you can tell when professional basketball players are co-workers and teammates and when they are friends if you listen to guys like like Kobe Bryant for example rest in peace Kobe um Kobe was good friends with Ronnie Turioff as fans we look at Ronnie Turioff like what to Kobe that was one of his guys so basketball and really all athletes you know we as fans focus on the stars and we think you know Kobe would be best friends with Shaq or Derek Fisher or Robert Ory, whoever's making the big, like the, the superstars hanging with the superstars. It's not always true because you, you find ways to get along with different players, right? So this Pacers team, first of all, has no real superstar. But there, if you watch, again, you got to watch these games. These numbers will lie to you every single time. Oh, hold up. Let me get back to Cody's comment. I wreck everybody equally, Cody Crew. I wreck you. You wreck me. I wreck CJ. I wreck Bobby. Anybody can get the business in NASCAR. So if y'all get on Xbox and I'm on there, I know this is kind of off subject, but I'm replying to a comment on Facebook, and I have to. Um, <laughs> if you if you see me on NASCAR, don't play with me because I'm probably going to wreck you. It's no different. Like, everybody's wrecking the AI to try to get the lead. Remember? Like, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> uh. But, yeah, we we wreck a lot on that game. And it's okay by me. It doesn't bother me too much. Um, but, man, the, these these dudes, <sighs> I don't even like harping on it. I've tried to avoid it all year. These dudes just don't like each other. At the games that I've been to have been it, – it, I feel like I'm watching video of me playing lunchtime basketball. These dudes – play basketball together because they have to. There has been one picture that I've seen 
that was posted publicly with them <laughs> hanging out together. And it looked forced as hell. They went to dinner and there was one player missing from the photo and everybody else was just kind of like, yeah, go Pacers. Like, let's take a team photo. These dudes don't get along. They don't make easy passes. You want to know what kind of easy passes I'm talking about? Get on the internet and find some footage of the Pacers. And it's very easy to find about how they just miss simple passes. There was a fast, I went to last night's game against the Wizards. There was one play in particular that stands out to me. Fast break opportunity, Malcolm Brogdon wide open in a corner, both hands in the air like he's in the third grade, screaming for the ball. Hey, see me, see me. Karis LeVert did everything in his power to not make the easy pass. And that's not, that is far from the first time that I've seen that. So, you know, last week they 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 lost to Miami at home. Miami didn't have their best players. Pacers got smacked. Players arguing on the court during the game. I mean, just look, hot garbage. Hot, the hottest of hot garbage. And at any level of sports, you got to be able to at least get along. And I don't think these dudes do that. I don't think there's a desire to hang out. Um, I know that Miles Turner is good friends with Naeem Hines from the Colts. Um, and then I think, you know, he's kind of a, a, a mentor to some of the rookies and some of the younger guys. But, you know, I think TJ McConnell is close with Chris Duarte and kind of mentors him a little bit and is bringing him along. Um, it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Uh, Lori, your Seahawks won me a few bucks on Sunday, so I'm not too mad at them. <laughs> Thank you to the 12. <laughs> Go Hawks, as Russ says. Um, but, man, I, I just don't – it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't. And so today there was a report that came out. The, the whole the whole world seen it by now. And, of course, Pacers, Pacers Twitter went nuts. Um, because we don't get many headlines. And and it finally talked about a potential rebuild. And Sabonis, Turner, and Levert are on the trading block. And I'm okay with that. I'm excited. Because I, I won't say I'm excited. I'm not afraid of it. Like, I, like we're last in attendance. And this, the, the sad thing about that report is that I think that report matters more because we're last in attendance not because the team sucks. And that is indicative of the shittiness of the Pacers organization altogether. This is about the numbers game in the stands. The building is empty. You can't give away tickets, and you still have people complaining that, oh, Pacers tickets are too expensive. Or, like, are you trying to fucking sit on the bench and, like, check into the game, or are you trying to go watch? Because... $12 is not very expensive. And if you get on StubHub and pay seven, you can buy a, a four pack of tickets for 30 bucks, buy a row 28 seat, and then move down to row three in the upper level. And I guarantee you will have a perfect view of the game. I guarantee it. The Gamebridge Fieldhouse is built for basketball, unlike so many arenas. I've talked about it. I've been to a couple of them. I've seen them on TV. We're built for basketball. That building is built for basketball. There's no bad seats in there. I promise. They can't give away tickets. And it's crazy. Like, you have 
an all-star in Sabonis. You have a potential all-star in Brogdon. He's always kind of teetering, right? He's there. You have a defensive player of the year candidate yearly, but you know, perennial defensive player in the year candidate in Miles Turner. And it shows game after game why he want why he should be in that conversation. You have players on this team that are that are players. They're not stars. We're all, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay acknowledging that. None of them are stars. Trade two of them, get one. Even if you trade three and get one star plus some good young pieces, cool. Figure that part out. But none of these guys can carry a team on their own. Yet everybody has the attitude like they can carry the team on their own. I'm not mad at Rick Carlisle as a coach, and I know this is kind of scattered, but I got a lot of thoughts. People have said it's Rick Carlisle's fault. Rick Carlisle is a new coach with a lot of new players trying to figure out a situation where these guys have gone through coaching changes over the last couple of years and the blah, 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 blahs in the media. Rick's trying to find a lineup. But instead of guys even fake publicly saying, I'm here to do my job and I'll stay ready. And when it's my turn, it's my turn. The way O'Shea Brissett does. He's playing for contracts. He's playing for his future. So that has to be his motto. That has to be his mindset. When I get 15 minutes a game, I got to go get at least eight points in those 15 minutes and be efficient. He did that. But a guy like Jeremy Lamb, who went from bench to starter to not playing at all to now back in the rotation, he's clearly unhappy. Torrey Craig, same thing. What's my role on the team? One minute I'm playing, now I'm starting because of matchups. Now the last three games, his coach's decision did not did not play. O'Shea Brissett, same way, but he's a young guy, so it's different for him. Like there's a lot of ego in that locker room and not enough wins to support it. That's a good way to like break that down. There's a lot of fucking ego in the Pacers locker room. And it shows on the court. It shows. Malcolm Brogdon all of a sudden wants to get eight assists a game. It's very petty. I like Malcolm Brogdon. I don't think a lot of people think he's a problem because he's a scoring point guard. Listen up to anybody who lives in Indiana, who's watching this on live, who may watch it later, who listens to this episode. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. We are in almost 2022. The days of Bobby Knight, basketball, Gene Cady, Steve Alford, that shit's over. Hoosiers was a fucking movie. The shit's not real life. The game's not played that way anymore. Okay? So a guy who's titled a point guard, his job is not just to come down and run around like a chicken with his head cut off, TJ McConnell. Point guards score in the NBA nowadays. Guys score baskets. You're not that basketball's almost positionless. It's very close to positionless. If you watch the game enough, you know that doesn't have to be said. It's almost positionless. So stop getting mad at a point guard that can score 20 points a game. That's called a weapon, people. That's not a guy that you want to get mad at and trade. That's a weapon. That's somebody who you know can get you a bucket. He's strong enough to defend a bigger point guard. He's strong enough to get to his spot on the court. He can step back and create his own space. He can step off a screen and hit a three. That's a weapon. That's not a problem. Okay? So we're not going to blame Malcolm Brogdon. To those of you who feel like Miles Turner should be this Shaquille O'Neal base center, that is not Miles Turner. We've known this for the longest. Yes, he could be a little tougher, but if you notice this season, 
Sabonis' points have gone down. Miles Turner's points and rebounds have increased. Why? Because Miles not is not just some seven foot pawn standing at the rim waiting for Sabonis to fuck up so he can protect the rim. Miles is now an active player. Sabonis is not just guarding the center position. Sabonis is having to play on the perimeter. Therefore, leaving Miles Turner to get more rebounds, leaving Miles Turner to block more shots. They also give up a few more buckets in the paint. That's okay. Miles Turner's role in the offense has changed. He now is able to shoot more threes instead of just catching the ball and making the next pass and then getting out the way. He's a player in the offense now. It's called a weapon. The gone are the days of seven footers just standing in the paint and getting rebounds and doing nothing else but looking goofy. I hate to break it to you. Seven footers are now point guards in the NBA. If you don't know that, you're about 20 years behind. Please catch up because that's why y'all kids suck. And yeah, I can say that because I officiate some of these games and these kids have no skill sets because y'all still teaching shell drills against athletic teams. That shit doesn't work. Ooh, I'm going to get to that later. Maybe not this episode. We're going we gonna to start the Referee Chronicles back up too because, man, the shit that I see, it's indicative of what y'all want in the Pacers and it doesn't work. You're getting your kids embarrassed because you can't change and, and modify like and adapt to the new game. These kids are good. They're multifaceted. They don't just focus on one sport anymore. These kids are different. Fourth grade looks different. Seventh and eighth grade looks totally different than what we did. So imagine when these guys get to the NBA and they're six foot eight, six foot nine, and what you think is a power forward is now a point guard. You got it's it's not the same. But again, I, I'm not gonna harp too much. I'm gonna try not to. Ultimately, I don't know what needs to happen with this team. I feel like the report today was a little bit of smoke and mirrors because it's a widely known fact that nothing leaks out of the Pacers organization when it comes to moves. It just doesn't. You may have reports, but typically unless it's like about to happen, not much gets out around here. That was a very specific report. And I feel like there's some truth. Guys are on the trading block. All it said was they're receptive to offers for Turner and Sabonis and Levert. Now, another thing that I don't understand is the 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 Miles Turner hate. I guess I understand it. I think it's unwarranted. But what I don't understand and what I find to be interesting is the hard line that's drawn between Sabonis and Turner. It is very, very interesting to me that it's either one or the other. And it's I, like it, the, the internet was very it, one or the other today. My Twitter feed was just, I hope Miles stays. I hope, I hope Sabonis goes. Turner has to go. Oh, Miles is a crybaby or Sabonis is a crybaby. He's got to go. Like the, there's a lot of, it's very, grrr. And everybody who's picked their side, like, is dug in. They're not moving. And it's, it's, I, I don't understand it. Because both of them suck.
Nah, I take that back. They don't both suck. They're both, they have separate skill sets. And I think it's important to recognize that. Like Domas is a back-to-the-basket guy. In an up-paced, in, in a fast-paced NBA, the back-to-the-basket center is not really happening. You have a few left, but why do you think Anthony Davis is struggling? Because they need him to be a real big, and he doesn't want to be a real big. Shout out to the Lakers. They're struggling for a reason. That's why they signed Dwight Howard, because they know Anthony Davis is not a traditional center. For as big as he is, he's not that guy. I think he's having the worst shooting performance of his career from a percentage standpoint this year. Again, I'm not here for stats. I'm not here to be perfect. I'm not here to be right. Y'all can go do your Googles. That shit's free. Okay? Um, But they're different players. They bring different things. To me, you have two weapons. This season so far, they've played fairly well together. Last night was a Sabonis game from the jump. It was all Sabonis. They finally hit the mismatch in the middle. They, you know put the center in the zone, made the pass. There was no question. Mismatches all over the place. It was a Sabonis night. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's meant for both of them to have 15 and 7, 15 and 8. Other times Sabonis goes off for 13 points and 25 boards and Miles pulls down another 6. Like you have, that. those are options. Those are weapons. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. Help me understand why half the NBA, half the teams in the NBA want pieces of Miles Turner. They want they want that kid on their team. Yet somehow we fail to appreciate the dude here. I don't understand it. Literally, like championship caliber teams are like, we need Miles Turner on our roster. The Warriors have been rumored to want Miles to have wanted Miles Turner for years now. There's a rumor the other day that the Timberwolves are interested and they're keeping their eye on Miles Turner. There was time where Boston, the Celtics wanted Miles Turner. They they thought he would be the piece to push them over to, to, to provide that rim protection. Good teams want this dude. You don't get traded if you're not wanted in professional sports. Now, you down here, you play that GTBA bullshit. <laughs> They'll trade you when you're not wanted. So then you just got to go bust their ass on the back end. That's another story for another day. My feelings were hurt. <laughs> but you don't get traded if you're not wanted. Like, you're not you're not just moving bodies. You're moving money. You're moving money. So teams aren't going to commit $25 million to a dude if they don't believe in him. It's some either, either it's an expiring contract and they know he's going to leave or there's something there that they see in that player. There's something about that player that they see that they say, you know what, we need that piece especially when championship caliber teams say, we just need the piece. We're a piece or two away and you're one of the pieces. That speaks volumes. Yet around here, it's just, oh man, he don't get enough rebounds. That's because he's doing the boxing out so Sabonis can collect those rebounds. Call me, we'll watch film together, I'll show you. There have been times this season where Miles is giving up rebounds willingly to guards. Just because a teammate's there. He doesn't need to be dominant when there's three three blue jerseys. Eh, we got it. Let's go. Y'all ever played basketball? You ever been around teammates and got a rebound and told your teammates, hey, take off. I got it. Take off. Take off. So we can start a fast break? That's how I know y'all know what y'all talking about. 
That's how I know y'all don't play sports at all. Y'all don't play the games y'all talking about at all. Because you don't have to be an NBA caliber athlete to speak the lingo and to understand those situations. You don't have to be an NBA player to understand, hey, let me set the screen. I got the slow dude. Take the screen off of me. That way you got an easy bucket. Am I a sad player because we we won a game without me scoring? To my softball people, people, am I sad because I take the walk and get a pinch runner in a, in a clutch moment with a faster guy? I did my job. So if everybody's doing their job, why are we mad? It's fan culture. I get it. I, I don't expect people to, you know, to be like educated. Be fans, man, but make the shit make sense. That's all I ask. <sighs> Again, at the end of the day, these dudes don't like each other. That's my statement. And until people are moved, that's going to be my statement for the season. That's my mantra for this team for the t- for the season. And in John Stark's fashion, right? Did this dude just did this? These dudes don't like each other because I don't think they do. And you need to have moves. The team, you're bottomed out. You've bottomed out. You've got winning players. Love you, Granny. See you later. And y'all, I never edit that out. I will always show my Granny love on this podcast. So if you listening to this later and you wonder, like, what Granny? Who? What is he talking about? My Granny pops up on the Facebook Live. And so I always show my Granny love. And I appreciate her for that. But. You know, this the Pacers, man, something's got to give. You got to trade people. You got to move these guys. You know, you can't keep picking 14th. You got, like, is Levert, between Levert, Brogdon, Turner, and Sabonis, all four of those guys are starters on other NBA teams. So, yes, they are quality talent. Absolutely quality talent because if if they weren't, then you're like, uh, that guy wouldn't start here, right? Like the Larry Bird era, like there's no way that Al Jefferson is starting on any other team but Indy. So you don't have that problem this year because you have legitimate NBA starters, but you need somebody to take the lead. None of them are capable of doing that. Brogdon is frustrated. I can see it. He's gone from easily getting 20 to 25 a game to spending the first half of these games maybe getting more passes off, getting some rebounds. And then if the game is close in the second half, you know, he may pop off and get some buckets. If it's not and they got a considerable lead, you know, he may look for his shot a little bit more. And only pay attention to this shit so much. Well, for one, because I love the game. But two, I gamble on this stuff. Not not ridiculous amounts. But any gamble is a gamble, right? So I'm watching to see how these games are flowing because it's affecting how I place my bets. It's common sense. It's all right there in front of you. I don't watch every team like that, but I watch the Pacers, so I I feel like I have a good pulse for like what I'm seeing, what I'm there. I if I'm wrong, I would love for somebody to tell me I'm wrong. I I love to learn. I have no problem because I love basketball that much. But man, it's just it's not. Hmm. I, I these dudes don't like each other. And that ultimately is what it comes down to. So we'll see if the reports are true. I think it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors, but it's not. It's weird. Nothing leaks here in Indy, but there's no reason that report just randomly released, like comes out and it's, oh, it's just, you know, nothing, nothing. It's not true. Nothing ever gets out. No, something's off. 
TJ McConnell's out for the season. And I honestly believe that that's why they're going into rebuild mode. Again, call me crazy. That TJ McConnell injury news is the reason they're going into rebuild mode. Y'all love TJ. Y'all love the shit out of TJ McConnell. He cool. But again, as a player, like as I consider myself an athlete. I still play quite a bit. And as somebody who competes, somebody who's just running around, diving into the paint, like you're not a threat. I play ball with a guy like that. He wants to be the point guard. Cool, go ahead. Point guard it up, my guy. Hey, pass is coming. He about to pass. Lock everything else down to make his ass shoot. Because he can't shoot. Shout out to Mike. <laughs> Mike can't shoot. We know it. Michael be at the rim and will pass and be mad if you don't catch it. But if you don't shoot the damn ball, Mike can't shoot. So I play ball with a TJ McConnell every week. Nobody's threatened by that shit. That running around, energy, okay, protect the ball. Mismatch, hey, run a quick screen, force him to switch. Let's go hunt TJ McConnell, put his ass in the mix. Buckets. Buckets and fouls. Fouls and buckets. What's he going to do on a perimeter against somebody like Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant's going to elevate. He's just going to raise up over him. He can't guard that. Let him go put the ball on the floor. That's a waste of time. Like, in any case, I'm going to leave TJ McConnell alone because I really do like him. It's just not. I don't want him on my team. But I really believe that his injury news is the major, one of the one of the biggest, one of the bigger reasons that that report came out. And it's crazy because the the leak was out first, and then the TJ McConnell injury news followed. So I just find that really interesting, man. Like something is something is off. And you know they're saying Miles Turner, Lavert, and Domas, somebody else is going to get moved. I don't know who it is. Jeremy Lamb has to be on the table. Torrey Craig has to be on the table. Chris Duarte, I'm going to steal a, a piece from somebody else. I don't want to steal anybody else's thunder, so I'll shout out Flavor Dave or Dave Dave Searley. I'll, I'll call him by his name. Um, Dave mentioned earlier the interesting part of having such a good rookie is it's probably your best trade piece, but that's probably your best rebuilding piece. So, again, I don't want to you know steal his thunder. I did see him say that, but I agree. Like, I think that Duarte is the guy that's untouchable. Well, him and Brogdon's contract, those those are your two untouchables, yet Duarte might be your best trade piece. But if you trade him, then do you package him with somebody? Like, do you package him? Like, what do you get? What do you get out of a deal? What are you looking for? Do you want picks? Do you want players? Picks or crapshoots? I don't want a 10th round pick or a, a number 10 pick. Give me top five or, or no. You got to get some. There's got to be some real value there. So I don't. Um, some Somebody's going to move. Somebody has to go. And I don't know who it is. I don't think it's going to be as simple as Domas and Miles and um, Levert. Levert's a problem. Oh, God. I, I am not a Karis Levert fan. I think he's the reason Lavert, Brogdon, and Sabonis are like the trio that don't work in my eyes. My eyes tell me my basketball limited knowledge, only been around good players, never been a great player myself, tells me that somewhere in that triangle between Domas, Brogdon, and Lavert, 
there is a problem. Miles has never seemed like a guy to really get too upset. Like, Miles has never been a guy to get the ball anyway. So I can't imagine him really being bothered, especially now that he's got a real role on the team and he's getting to show off what he can really do. I think it's between Domas, Malcolm Brogdon, and Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert is selfish. Again, watch the games. Don't don't look at numbers because he can score. But the way he scores, it's a struggle sometimes. It's very scary to watch because he's all over the place. He's always trying to cross somebody over. I get it. It's the game. Blah, 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 blah. Get your buckets, young fella. But it just doesn't match the rest of the team. And last night really brought that home. Like watching Sabonis get the ball, play after play, get fouled, no call, get fouled, no call. You still scoring. He's still balling out. It told a lot. Karras had to get his night. What do you have, 19 or 20 points? Those were stretched out points. They weren't concentrated first quarter points like he normally gets. So I think Domas, Brogdon, and Levert are your three that that are that are causing the, the problem here. I don't know how. I could be wrong. My basketball eyes tell me that the issue is in that triangle. And then if you throw in Jeremy Lamb and Torrey Craig, who are veterans, who are like perfectly capable of playing basketball, who are losing minutes to Timothy J. McConnell, I would be mad too. And I don't think it's as, it's it's not as simple as that report stated. I didn't read it. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't feel like I need to. I've seen it. I've been there. I've watched it on TV. I've seen it. It's not. It's there. There's something. Mm, I don't know. But I, those are my five. Thank y'all. I hope to see y'all at the field house tomorrow to uh, talk about this some more. This is fun. We finally made it. All right. So I will catch y'all later. Thanks again for listening. I love y'all. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And fucking be nice to somebody. All right. So until next time, bye.